Good morning. It's Thursday. An alarming new move from North Korea overnight. Yeah, the U.S. is responding, moving a warship closer as tensions escalate. It is October 6th. This is today. Shots fired. North Korea launching more missiles overnight, this time near that now-deployed U.S. aircraft carrier. High-stakes saber-rattling, putting the entire region and the White House on edge. If they continue down this road, it will only increase the condemnation, increase the isolation, increase the steps that are taken uh, in response to their actions. We'll have the very latest. Breaking overnight, terror in Thailand. A former police officer opens fire inside a daycare center. At least 35 people killed, most of the victims, children. The new details just coming to light this morning. United Front, President Biden and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis touring Hurricane Ian's devastation together and vowing more help is on the way. We're not leaving until this gets done. I promise you that. Residents in the hardest hit cities only now returning more than a week after the storm. Complete coverage from the disaster zone just ahead. New bombshell, the controversy around Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker now growing. The woman who claims he paid for her abortion now revealing more about that relationship. What she's saying and the potential impact on a race that could decide the balance of power in Washington. Those stories plus going up. Gas prices jump overnight after a major decision to slash oil production. Inside the higher cost you'll face at the pump and to heat your home this winter. And today exclusive, the Smithsonian's popular Air and Space Museum set to reopen after a years-long billion-dollar renovation. You walk through here and you will learn something. From the very first flight to the newest missions into space, we've got your first sneak peek today, Thursday, October 6, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Nice crowd outside. Good morning. Happy to see you guys. It's a Thursday morning. Glad you're with us. A lot of people looking forward to those doors reopening. I know. Extreme makeover for the Air and Space Museum in Washington. One of the, I think, one of the best Smithsonian's there. We're going to get an exclusive look at a billion-dollar renovation. Oh, look forward to that. Also ahead, something on the minds of many. So as temperatures start to drop, heating and gas prices are going up. And that decision by major oil producers to cut production, it's definitely not going to help. Yeah, this is a big issue. Take a look at the national average for a gallon of gas. It is already ticking back up because of that OPEC decision, climbing nearly 10 cents. That Well, that is in the past week. And if you're in California, a gallon of gas right now is going to cost you $6.42 on average, nearing that state's all-time high. So we're going to have what you need to know straight ahead. But we do start with that breaking news overnight. Another major escalation with North Korea. Korea, the country firing more missiles, the United States sending an aircraft carrier into that region. NBC's Janice Mackey Freyer is covering the story for us. Hey, Janice, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Six launches in 12 days by North Korea. And now we've learned that 12 North Korean fighter jets and bombers were staging air to surface firing drills today. South Korea sent up 30 aircraft in response. It comes as the U.S. is holding trilateral military exercises with South Korea and Japan, and tension around the Korean peninsula is edging higher. This morning, as missiles fly and tensions flare, 
The American aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan and its strike group moving into waters around the Korean peninsula, prompting North Korea to fire another two missiles, what Pyongyang called counteraction in a statement blaming the U.S. for posing a serious threat. It all comes a day after the U.S. and South Korea fired surface-to-surface missiles as deterrents, though one failed and sparked panic of a North Korean attack in what is now the most hostile escalation here in five years. If they continue down this road, it will only increase the condemnation, increase the isolation, increase the steps that are taken uh, in response to their actions. North Korea's testing blitz, 24 missiles so far this year, is a sign the regime is intensifying its weapons program. On Tuesday, sending an intermediate-range ballistic missile right over Japan, soaring 2,800 miles and triggering alarms for millions to take cover. The pace of testing also reminiscent of 2017, when Kim Jong-un lasted a nuclear test. U.S. officials expect another to happen soon. This satellite imagery, according to Maxar, shows that North Korea is doing construction and restoring tunnels at its main nuclear site at Pongyeri, the same one they claim to have destroyed in 2018 during short-lived diplomacy with then-President Trump. An emergency U.N. Security Council meeting yielded little, beyond accusations that China and Russia, who hold veto power, are blocking discussion and protecting North Korea from stronger sanctions. As has been the case with past displays by North Korea, timing and context matter to Kim Jong-un. But the sense is a seventh nuclear test could be imminent, possibly after China holds its key Communist Party Congress here in a couple of weeks and before the midterm elections in the U.S. Hoda. Janice Mackey-Frayer with that breaking news. Janice, thank you. A horrific story out of Thailand overnight, a mass shooting at a daycare center. And the gunman, a former police officer. NBC's Kelly Cobier joins us with the latest on this. And Kelly, it's so disturbing. What do we know about how this unfolded? Yeah, just really a difficult story to report today. Savannah, we now know, according to Thai police, that 36 people have been killed in this mass shooting, including the gunman. They say that 22 were children, most of them killed inside that daycare center, along with two teachers and a police officer. This happened in the middle of the day, local time, lunchtime, 1230 in the afternoon, in a town about 300 miles north of the capital, Bangkok. Police say the gunman, a 34-year-old former police officer went into that preschool, that nursery, and opened fire on children and teachers and also uh, stabbed some of them. Uh, One witness told Reuters that he forced his way into a locked room where children were sleeping, the youngest victim believed to be just two years old. Police say the gunman then fled in his own car. They say he was shooting from his car as he fled, also running into people with his car, then finally arrived home where he killed his wife and his child before turning the gun on himself. Thai police are not commenting on a motive this morning, but they do confirm that he was fired from the police force last year because of drug use and that he was in court earlier today uh, for that drug charge. Savannah. Kelly, unfortunately, Thailand has seen mass shootings like this before. 
Yeah, that's right. It's not common, but it did happen two years ago when a former soldier went on a shooting spree at a shopping center, killing 29 people. Uh, as I said, it's not common. However, uh, Thailand does have some of the highest rates of gun ownership and gun violence in Asia, and they also have a quite a large underground market uh, for guns. Savannah. Kelly Kobiea, thank you very much on this breaking news. Appreciate it. Let's turn now to the recovery efforts in hurricane-ravaged Florida. President Biden and Governor DeSantis came together yesterday to tour the damage and thank first responders. The president vowing the federal government's full support to help rebuild. NBC's Sam Brock is right there in Bonita Springs with more. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hoda, good morning. The remarkable part about this trip, the amount of attention that just a handshake and cooperation between these two leaders has generated in a disaster of epic proportions where you're seeing mobile parks like the one behind me completely wiped away at least 130 lives lost so far and counting. People here want partnerships, not politics. If a picture paints a thousand words, this visual of President Biden and Florida's Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, shaking hands and touring the devastation together speaks volumes about the high stakes in southwest Florida. We're not leaving until this gets done. I promise you that. The two men putting politics aside. I think he's done a good job. He's dealing with this crisis. We are cutting through the bureaucracy. We are cutting through the red tape. Uh, and that's from local government, state government, all the way up uh, to the president. So we appreciate uh, the, the team effort. The helicopter tour providing a view of the decimation on the ground. A simple drive down the street reveals shredded homes and personal possessions, lives literally in shambles. The heart, the soul, the houses. It's just gone. It's done. Jeannie Caldwell and her husband, Brett, here. say they couldn't get flood insurance and their insurance policy will cover only a fraction of the damage. Their message to the leaders on the ground. It's just hard. Um, they need to change insurance laws to people's homes. It's just unbelievable. 79-year-old Robert Harmon tells me he's been sleeping in his car for several days. You don't know, realize how nice it was to do with gold. Yet with all the heartache hanging over the Fort Myers area, there are a few positive developments. That includes a temporary fix to the Pine Island Bridge, and residents can also return to Sanibel Island to see what's left of their homes, if they can get a ride there by boat. As for battered Bonita Springs. We were able to retrieve a few mementos, and that's about it. Linda Wilzuski has lived there for nine years with her husband, Paul. She says she welcomed the president's visit to the area. I'm glad that at least he took the time to be able to see this up close and personal because it's just so hard to believe. It's just so surreal. So I appreciate that much. One of the first actions the president announced doubling the amount of time the federal government is going to be footing 100 percent of the bill for debris removal, also for search and rescue from 30 days to 60 days. But the big question right now, who is going to be paying the roughly 50 billion dollars it will take to rebuild communities just like this? Yeah. Put it back to you. All right, Sam Brock for us there in Bonita Springs. Sam, thank you. We turn now to the growing firestorm surrounding Republican candidate Herschel Walker and a Senate race in Georgia that could ultimately decide which party controls the United States Senate overnight. The woman who says Walker paid for her abortion shared more details about their relationship. NBC's Kristen Walker is in Washington, D.C. for us. Kristen, good morning. This was a bombshell. 
It sure was. Savannah, good morning to you. With his campaign in turmoil, Herschel Walker remains defiant that the allegations against him are not true. But the woman at the center of it all telling The Daily Beast she is now sharing her entire story after Walker denied her initial claims that he paid for her to have an abortion. Georgia is critical to Republicans' fight to win the Senate in the midterms. This morning, former football star Herschel Walker's embattled Senate campaign has been rocked by another bombshell. The Daily Beast reporting overnight, the woman who first told the news outlet Walker urged her to have an abortion and paid for it in 2009 is also, in fact, the mother of one of his children. Walker had claimed earlier on Wednesday he didn't know the woman and his defenders spun the story as an anonymous attack. Have you figured out who it is? Uh, not at all. And that's what I, I hope everyone can see. It's sort of like everyone is anonymous or everyone is leaking and they want you to confess to something you have no clue about. But it just shows how desperate they are right now. The woman who remains anonymous, citing privacy concerns, telling the Daily Beast, Walker didn't accept responsibility for the kid we did have together, and now he isn't accepting responsibility for the one we didn't have. In a statement to NBC News, Walker saying, as I've already said, there's no truth to this or any other Daily Beast report. He also categorically denied he paid for an abortion. According to the Daily Beast, the woman proves she's the mother of Walker's child and provided credible evidence of a long-term relationship with Walker. Walker, who has been backed by faith leaders, is opposed to abortion after 15 weeks with no exceptions. The woman telling the Daily Beast, he seemed pretty pro-choice to me and referencing Walker's discussion of his Christian faith. He picks and chooses where it's convenient for him to use that religious crutch. NBC News has not independently verified the Daily Beast reporting. Walker has faced other controversies. His ex-wife has accused him of holding a a gun to her head, which Walker has blamed on his struggle with mental health. He does now acknowledge he is the father of four children with different women, among them his son Christian. Overnight, the budding conservative influencer sent a cryptic tweet, later deleted. God will not be mocked. You have no idea what me and my mom have survived. A day earlier, Christian denounced his father, accusing the former football star of threatening to kill him and his mother, forcing them to, quote, move over six times in six months, running from your violence. Now, Walker has a new ad out saying he got through his mental health struggles with the grace of God. No comment yet from his challenger, incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock. And so far, top Republicans are standing by Walker. And we cannot overstate this enough. Republicans believe they almost certainly need to win Georgia in their battle to take back the Senate. So this could help determine the balance of power in Washington. Savannah. All right. Kristen Walker on Capitol Hill. Thank you. Uh, it is 7:14. Craig joins us now. We've been doing stories about how gas prices are going down, but that may change. It may change very yeah. soon. Hoda Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. After weeks of falling prices, the national average jumped four cents overnight. A response to OPEC announcing massive cuts to oil production. So what does it all mean for you? NBC's Blaine Alexander is in Atlanta with more on that. Blaine, good morning. Well, Craig, good morning to you. You're absolutely right. After seeing record highs this summer, so many of us are now watching these gas prices like a hawk and experts predict that it could go up even more. Now, it doesn't just apply to here at the pump, but also the gas that you use to heat your home could also go up. On the emotional roller coaster of rising and falling gas prices, experts say 
brace for another steep climb. I'm going to drive with a frown and a tank full of really overpriced gas. Starting next month, OPEC Plus, a group of the world's largest and most powerful oil suppliers, says it will slash production by 2 million barrels a day. It's the largest cut in production since the start of the pandemic, driving up demand and likely prices at the pump. Experts say that could mean paying as much as 25 to 30 cents more per gallon. And as temperatures fall, the new move could also increase home heating costs, which were already expected to hit a more than 10-year high this winter. The oil market looks ahead, so the price is already moving. Higher prices for drivers, higher prices for heating. In a statement, the White House called the move short-sighted, saying President Biden is disappointed by the decision. After a summer of fluctuating prices, experts now fear another bump in the road. Back in June, the national average peaked at 502 a gallon, the highest on record, before leveling out at 367 in September. Now it's on the rise again. The biggest spike in California, where gas is a whopping 642 per gallon. That's up 24 cents in just the past week. I feel robbed, man. I haven't seen it this high ever. The rise in gas prices come amid skyrocketing inflation, with prices increasing on just about everything. Thinking about taking a trip. Well, maybe we'll hold off a a month. We're not going to go out to dinner uh, for the next couple of weeks. Now, gas prices do look very different depending on where you are. California is by far the highest. But here in Georgia, for example, the average is about 319 a gallon. It's even lower in Mississippi. Experts say that the high prices that you're seeing in California are because of refinery issues out west. Craig. Okay. Blaine Alexander for us there in Atlanta. Blaine, thank you. Well, we got a first check of the weather now, Al. This is the first day this week. We haven't been soaked coming in. I know, here in the Northeast, and we've got some cooler temperatures coming. We do have a little, right along this frontal system from Wisconsin all the way into Canada, we're looking at some showers pushing through here as this system moves through. The biggest part are going to be some rain and wet snow in the western Great Lakes, but those winds are going to be gusting there as well, up to 45 miles per hour, and then those showers weaken as they come into the Northeast. But temperatures are going to really take a dip as we get into the weekend. Now, we are watching a couple of areas of uh, tropical development. This depression on 12, that's going to dissipate later today. We are still watching Invest 91L. The good news is, as it comes into the Caribbean Sea, it looks like it'll stay to the south of Cuba, Puerto Rico, Jamaica. It may make a run into Central America, but we'll continue to watch that as well. And of course, the fall foliage is going to be a lot of leaf peepers this weekend. Average peak times, especially in the northern tier of states. What Generally, what brings the bright colors, sunny and mild fall days, intensifying those colors, cool nights help those colors hang in there. However, with warming temperatures, the warmer fall weather delays the uh, and shortens the peak foliage. And when you have drought, those uh, colors are muted and the leaves fall off earlier. So we may have a little bit less of a spectacular fall coming up this year. That's your latest weather coming up next half hour. It's the temperature roller coaster. Bring it back, baby. Uh, it's, It's almost distracting looking at you because it is PA time outside. Right. It is a it's PA week. Physicians assistants they come out in force. They do. I, like I know. I thought we had a concert this morning, and then I'm like, no, Wild. it's the PAs. We love them. Yeah, we're so happy they're here. Uh, Al, coming up, we got new details on what led to that surprise settlement on the Rust movie set shooting, and what it means for the victim's family and Alec Baldwin. Right, Miguel? 
That's right. The Lena Hutchins family has agreed to settle their civil case against Alec Baldwin and the producers of Rust. But that doesn't end the criminal investigation. Now, legal experts are weighing in on the settlement and if it'll impact criminal charges. We'll have details. All right, Miguel, thank you. Also ahead, let the bargains begin. Everything you need to know about the big holiday sales that are kicking off today with major retailers like Target and Amazon battling it out for your business. But first, this is Today on NBC. Mm-hmm. Here comes the big run. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. a pretty picture. Let's just soak in that moment, a postcard-worthy shot of the sun coming up in Point Pleasant, mm. New Jersey this morning. Aptly named mm. Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And hope you're having a good morning wherever you are. It's a good thing to start the day with, guys. Let's get right to our 730 headlines. Vice President Kamala Harris was involved in a motorcade accident on Monday. Officials say the vice president was headed to work at the White House when the vehicle she was riding in clipped a curb with his back wheel and was disabled. The incident was initially reported to Secret Service leaders as a mechanical failure, then later corrected. The vice president was transferred to a second vehicle, and the motorcade continued on to its destination. Nobody was hurt. In California, a family of four has been found dead two days after they were kidnapped at gunpoint. Police say their remains were located in rural farmland in Merced County. They were kidnapped on Monday from their family trucking business about 125 miles southeast of San Francisco. A person of interest is in custody, but officials believe at least one other person may be involved. And they say the motivation for the kidnapping was likely money. A SpaceX flight carrying a crew of four astronauts is scheduled to arrive at the International Space Station this afternoon. The crew blasted off yesterday from the Kennedy Space Center in the Dragon Endurance spacecraft. Among those on board, Commander Nicole Mann, the first Native American woman in space, and Russia, Russian Anna Kikina, the first Russian on a U.S. spacecraft in 20 years. The crew will stay on the space station until March. Meanwhile, we are learning more this morning about a somewhat surprising new development in the fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's film, Russ. The film's producers, including Baldwin, have reached a settlement in a civil lawsuit they were facing. NBC's Miguel Almaguer has been following this story since the beginning. Hey, Miguel, good morning. 
Hi, guys. Good morning. The family of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer who was shot and killed during filming, has settled a wrongful death lawsuit against the film's producers, including Alec Baldwin. The agreement, just the latest twist in the tragic accident as the movie is now set to get back into action. Nearly a year after the fatal shooting on the set of Rust, the family of cinematographer Helena Hutchins has reached a settlement in a wrongful death lawsuit with the film's producers, including Alec Baldwin, the movie star, and the man behind the fatal bullet. In a statement, her husband Matthew says, All of us believe Helena's death was a terrible accident. I have no interest in engaging in recriminations or attribution of blame to the producers or Mr. Baldwin. It's a major change in tone since he sat down exclusively with Hoda in February. The idea that the person holding the gun causing it to discharge is not responsible is absurd to me. While a financial agreement has not been disclosed, Matthew Hutchins will now be an executive producer on the film, which will go back into production early next year. It all comes as the Santa Fe District Attorney could file criminal charges against as many as four people, possibly including Baldwin himself. Each of those charges will will probably include some variation of our homicide statute. The DA says the settlement will have no impact on the ongoing criminal investigation or the decision to press charges, adding no one is above the law. Can the DA still move forward without the victim's family's support? Technically, the DA's prospective case against these defendants has not been weakened at all by this settlement. But practically speaking, it has because reluctant victims make for a difficult prosecution. Earlier this year, attorneys for the Hutchins family released this animation they say shows how Baldwin was holding the gun as a live round was fired with Helena standing just four feet away. That bullet killed the 42-year-old and injured the film's director, Joel Souza, who now says he'll return to finish the film. I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. Baldwin, who has denied responsibility for the accident, called the agreement a resolution to a tragic and painful situation. Justice is a is a tricky concept. Meanwhile, Helena's family says they hope the settlement will help pay tribute to her final work. I mean, she deserved to live and nothing can bring her back. Okay, so Miguel, now what happens? So what happens once they decide whether or not there will be criminal charges? Well, we expect the D.A. to file criminal charges if they do later this month. And if a case is brought against Alec Baldwin, it's possible that a criminal trial in the shooting could be underway at the very same time filming for Rust is expected to resume, potentially putting the Hollywood star in the role of actor and defendant at the same time. Mm. Hoda. Very strange turn of events there. Miguel Almaguer for us. Miguel, thank you. And you spent some time with, mm-hmm. with Matthew. It, it was it's surprising on, on one hand, but on the other hand, you can understand why he'd want to put it behind it. Well, he talked about how this was her project of a lifetime, that she had dreamt of this role. So him signing on as executive producer when I first heard it actually made sense mm. because I think he wanted to make sure that that was brought to fruition, probably with her guidance uh, in his heart. So. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Difficult times for them. Our thoughts are with them. Mm-hmm. Still ahead this morning. You probably had this happen. Well, recently mm-hmm. you check out at the grocery store or wherever and you're asked if you want to round up for charity. So where does that extra change go? Who's benefiting? Vicki Wynn will have answers. First, though, Emily Aketa is going to take us inside this battle of the holiday bargains with some new deals that are rolling out 
this morning, right? Uh, that's right. From Target to Kohl's, retailers are kicking off the holiday season in a big and early way. Coming up, we'll break down where you can get the best deals and explain how you can stack sales to stretch your dollar the furthest. That's coming up. Stay with us. Back at 740 with today's Consumer Confidential, our series around the same time every morning where we highlight stories that are impacting the bottom line. And this morning, we're going to help you save on your holiday shopping because major retailers like Target, Walmart, Amazon are launching big sales events and they're doing it right now. So how good are these early deals and could there be a downside to doing your Christmas shopping this early? Let's ask Emily Aketa. She's here with everything we need to know. Hey, Emily. Yeah, good morning to you all. Let the battles of the bargains commence. Target's deal days kicks off today. The retailer calling it the biggest yet. Kohl's also launching their seasonal sales. Its CEO acknowledging value will be more important than ever to customers, coping with an uncertain economy and high inflation. It's not even Halloween, but shoppers are already making their list and checking it twice, trying to make sure there will be enough presents to go around in a time when every dollar counts. But before you jump on those sales, a word of caution. Always compare prices online. Use apps that show historical pricing and check which retailers offer price matching. Walmart and Target in particular, they're offering price matching throughout the holiday uh, to their competitive retailers and also to themselves. Um, so if you buy something now and the price decreases, you can go back and ask for a refund for the difference. Industry analysis finds more than half of holiday shoppers are starting their search by the end of October, and retailers are taking note. Walmart is luring in customers with its rollbacks and more savings event next week. And for the first time, Amazon will hold a second Prime Day-like event within the same year on October 11th and 12th. We'll be ready for anything. We got a behind-the-scenes look at how the e-commerce giant is preparing for its Prime Early Access sale with new hires and robotic systems. We're expecting a lot of great activity. Uh, it's a great benefit for our customers to get in on really early awesome deals. And we're really prepared for that. Over at Target, you can expect up to 40% off kitchen appliances and deeper discounts on select toys for the next two days. And for shoppers, there could be some surprise deals out there. We are seeing these overstock sales uh, due to supply chain issues that we've been seeing throughout the pandemic. So a lot of items are kind of unexpected, like so much casual clothing. We're seeing furniture, we're seeing TVs. For other ways to save, try stacking discounts. Look for deals on gift cards and then spend them during storewide sales. Use a credit card where you can earn points or cash back and apply coupons to an existing sale when you can. While these early season sales won't replace Black Friday and Cyber Monday, some families say shopping in advance brings them peace of mind during an unusually stressful season. I know that I got what I needed to get. I know that it's in supply and I'm not I'm not risking waiting for the sale in November um, and then the items just won't be there. So, Emily, last year, a lot of folks had to deal with those supply chain issues. Are we expecting anything like that this year or are those mostly behind us? Well, the hope is that we won't see a repeat of the past mm -hmm. two years because a lot of shipping and delivery companies, they've built up their capacity because of those pandemic-related mm -hmm. slowdowns. So even now, as consumer demand starts to ease, what that means is you should be able to expect more deliveries on time. Oh, okay. So good some news. good news there. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Appreciate Especially it. Especially if you order now.
Because it's October 6th. <laughs> You'll be way ahead. By the way, we're going to have more on this next hour. Uh, we're going to take a closer look at the hottest toy and tech deals that Target's launching today. Okay, that would you know, be good. You know who always has their shopping done by now? We that know. guy. Well, the we difference know. is my kids are older, so yeah. it's a little yeah. easier. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. He doesn't want a phone. There yeah. you go. All right, who's ready for the roller coaster temperature yeah, ride? Here we go. Now. Okay, let's start. So we got this front getting ready to come. But ahead of that, look at that. Wichita, you're going up to 10 degrees above average. 79 in Kansas City. St. Louis, up to 80 degrees. Chicago, 73. Right. Cincinnati, 75. Oh, we're going down. Every hands and feet in the power. Oh, here we go. Oh, we're dropping. Oh Temperatures about 20 degrees oh. from today in Chicago to 53, 18 degree drop in St. Louis. Paducah down 13. Detroit down 20 degrees. Kansas City, oh my gosh, down 15 degrees in Wichita. Joplin down 11. So those temperatures are falling, ladies and gentlemen. Go get yourself some cotton candy and call it a day. Sunny and mild up and down the eastern seaboard. Windy conditions, Great Lakes. Some afternoon storms in the southwest. Sunny and warm out west as well. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al. Thanks, thank Al. you. Coming up next, the return of an internet favorite. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's Fat Bear Week. It is. We're going to introduce you to this uh, year's contestants looking to be crowned the fluffiest and the finest in the land right after this. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts and Dateline producers on the ground. Murder. Break it down for us. Just You'll as- get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up to date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Chanel Jones. We're also back with a celebration of some some fat furry friends. Okay, so it's officially Fat Bear Week. It's a thing. Have you seen this? Twelve from a national park in Alaska are placed into a bracket in (laughs) head-to-head matchups. And people, you, vote for the bear who did best in stocking up for winter hibernation. So let's take a look here. This is at the recent champion, 435 Holly. Is this before and after? Uh Uh-huh. And look at her transformation. Wow. From June to just last month. Way to go. Wow, okay. I want the plan in reverse. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Who else do we have? Okay, well, you know what? You can vote every day. So yeah. today's <laughs> matchup starts with 854 Divot. That's catchy. Facing 151 Walker. And we've got 901 going up against 909's Yearling. Wow, oh. look at that. You know we love a bracket here we on the do. Today Show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But everybody loves Otis. Everybody oh, they do? Oh, he's yeah. the favorite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Otis. Otis. That's right. Yeah. Really? Is that Radio their Otis? weight? 
The, do the numbers? Oh, look at oh, the tracking. Yeah. That's right. He he's got this. Oh, his, he has this whole strategy where he just parks. They call this Otis's office. Yeah. Okay. Where he just sits there and the and the oh. the salmon come to him. Amazing. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. It's a bird landing on that. That's, a that's Otis. Great. He loves us. Oh my god. That is beautiful. By the way, though. that's such a beautiful Isn't image. It? Yeah. yeah. It's wildly popular. Apparently, 150,000 people voted in the first yeah. round. There you okay. go. And you can All keep right. voting. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Still ahead. Brace yourself, Hoda. What are you doing? Walker Hayes just went on TikTok with his daughter to tease some new music. You're oh, going to love it. Oh, love wow. It.